Ah, uh, it's me, Dick Miller, star of tons of Joe Dante movies. And I was having a dream that I haven't had since I was a child, where a douchebag with his podcast did Explorers. That was a movie that I did before I died in the 80s. I didn't die in the 80s. I died in early 2000s, mid-2000s. Anyways, Explorers, it's in the writer's bagel basket. All the mad top cats with the rock and roll queens Just a rock and then a rollin' in the red and blue jeans You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome Rogers Bagel Basket, and our last movie of the month is Joe Dante's Explorers, and my guest host is one of my favies, Mr. Christopher Brown. Hello, and uh, I just want to point something out. I don't, I don't want to correct you on your own show here, but uh, I learned something very interesting about Dick Miller yesterday as I was watching this movie and flicking, uh, flipping through Wikipedia. What? He died last year. Yeah, that's why, like, when I was doing that's... the thing, I was I couldn't remember. It was one of those Mandela Effect things. I was like, <laughs> when did he die? Did I, he I die after over. Small Soldier? Like, like I, I was trying to do this. No, yeah, he died last year. Um, yeah, I can't believe that, because he seemed, like, ancient by the time Gremlins 2 rolled he around. He seemed ancient in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so... So this yeah, is I was, one of I, I was delighted to see him in this by the way. <laughs> th- this was like growing up all of my friends had like Goonies and this was my like Goonies this is my favorite this and Stand by Me are like my two favorite movies I watched the most as a kid. And I was shocked to learn that Explorers which I always called The Explorers but it's just Explorers. I guess Robert Evans couldn't get the the <laughs> um well, they, they, they finished it on an extremely um, abbreviated timeline, so they yeah. had to remove they had to it, remove articles from the title. It it was Bob Evans who was like, uh, it's going out. Like he was like the douchebag who like rushed this out. Joe Dante's like, it's not finished. And he's like, it's finished. If I say it's finished. <laughs> so why who, who don't is, you give us the blockbuster rule for explorers? Uh, may I ask a quick question first? No. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I was just going to ask who Bob Evans was. Robert Evans, the producer, Rob- the the man who ran Paramount Pictures. Oh, oh, okay. Producer of Chinatown. Oh, okay. He's the kid, and the kid stays in the pictures. The, I thought you were going to say he's the kid, and and then you were going to describe a movie with a child in it. He was the kid in Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> When do we eat? <laughs> when right, do we so, eat? <laughs> so for the b- blockbuster rule for this, uh, I would say that a strange young boy in a large German family <laughs> and his friend and uh, a, a street tough that they befriend somehow create a technology that allows them to travel inside of a bubble as fast as as they want without any regards to physics and they go to space 
in a Tilt-A-Whirl car. <laughs> it probably could have been phrased better than that, but hell, I, I would love to see that verbatim description on the back of a box. <laughs> in a Tilt-A-Whirl. Like, with, with that pause. Ellipses, yeah. <laughs> like when you said uh, in the Sting episode, you saw that with your father? <laughs> your father showed you that? He showed you Harold and Maud? <laughs> I send you a picture of Bob Evans. Is he the fellow on the left? The one with the glasses. Yeah, he he kind of looks like um he he looks like a Walmart version of Jarvis Cocker from Pulp. Well, he's been around longer than Jarvis Cocker. He was um he was the president and CEO of Paramount at this time. He was the man who produced Chinatown, The Godfather. He talked like this. He got busted for cocaine around this time because he was trying to get like wholesale cocaine, like Costco style in bulk. <laughs> and he didn't realize that the guy who was selling it to him was the FBI. Now, you have to tell me if you are a cop. I'm not a cop. Technically, he wasn't a cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? I take that back. He's He doesn't look like a Walmart Jarvis Cocker. He looks like the child of Jarvis Cocker and Neil Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But he talked like this. Like, uh, So he was the, the head of Paramount at this time, and Spielberg was under his Paramount days because he was doing like Indiana Jones, and he's like, this guy, Joe Dante, he's like, the next greatest thing. So uh, Bob Evans saw Gremlins and it was like, you're right, this guy's going to be huge. Hey, want to make a kid's movie? And he's like, yeah, there's this idea. I don't care, whatever you want. I like I like the idea of saying that to Joe Dante too because his, re- his reaction would probably be, I just made a kid's movie. It's called Gremlins. <laughs> the, the crazy thing about this movie is Everyone didn't think Ethan Hawke was going to be the celebrity or River Phoenix. They thought it was going to be that kid, Jason Presson, who plays the Aaron. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Costco brand uh, Corey Feldman, as I'm calling him. (laughs) Well, don't go Costco because Kirkland brand products are fine products. Those hot dogs are some of the best on the market. They're no pearls, but they're, they're up there. Then what would you say? He's like Walmart brand? Sure. Yeah. Was it was a great value? Is that their brand? Yeah, he's great value, Corey Feldman. Because <laughs> because like Bob Evans is like saw the dailies, the the one who's going to be a real star is that Jason Presson. His name is going to be on the the marquee. He's going to be the one to OD on drugs outside the Viper Room. <laughs> <laughs> what I really like about his name too is that it's close enough to another like teen heartthrob. Where you start, you start saying it, and you're like, Jason, per- and everyone's like, oh, Priestley? J- Jason Priestley? <laughs> no, no, no. no. J- Jason Presson. He was there first. He was the original. So, yeah, this, this movie is, like, so good, but it's also so bad. Like, you can tell where it was not finished. Like, apparently... Do you wanna do you wanna go into it? Did you do any research? Because you I, usually I did, come yeah. to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I did some reading on it. So yeah, this movie would basically escaped Paramount. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that so much as they it was on a schedule to be released in late August, and then the studio came calling, and they're like, "Oh yeah, about that. Uh, no, first week of July now." 
So, I mean, that's a significant amount of time to cut out of a production. Yeah, like, there was supposed to be a whole other follow-up to Dick Miller's character. Like, Dick Miller's character <laughs> just disappeared. He's like, oh, you're the spaceman. What? And then he flies away, and he's like, good on you, kid. Yeah, it's 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 really odd. So, uh, yeah, the, the antidote that I had was that, like, everyone was singing the praises of this Jason Pressing kid, and he never got another role again. I mean, he uh, he literally flew too close to the sun. <laughs> I, apparently, he auditioned for the role in Fly the Navigator also and didn't get it. And they, it's that example of like, but you said that you wanted a role like the kid from from Explorers. <laughs> I'm the kid from Explorers. Uh, correction: there were two other boys. I could be talking about River Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. River Phoenix is so good in this movie. He like. This was his first movie. Yeah, I I actually thought he he kind of stole the show in terms of the acting chops. Oh yeah, Wolfgang is by far the best character in this movie. Uh, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. The best character in this film is of course Mr. Muller, uh, portrayed by none other than Mr. James Cromwell. <laughs> Seeing him just emerge in a house just riddled with children like the Weasleys. Okay, then as, I need to correct has, you and say the best character in this movie is Mrs. Muller, played by Dana Ivey. Yes, she is up there as well. You mean Mrs. Cousin It? Uh, yes. yes, she is up there as well. But yeah, no, what? just seeing him. Just I, seeing I didn't Cromwell say anything. I didn't, I didn't say anything. No, his name is what? <laughs> We've had offers. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Cromwell walking around with the mask just, just. As soon as I saw that, I knew I was in for a rip roaring good time, and he was gonna he was gonna be the one to take me there. That role was written for Werner Herzog. Wait, really? Yes. Dante Joe Dante was friends with Werner Herzog, and that role was written for him because uh, I went to a Q and A with Werner Herzog, and they're like. You've been in a ton of movies. Is, is there any roles that you had to not do? He's like, my good friend, Joseph Dante. <laughs> Joseph Dante. Yeah, he's the type of guy who says, the pre- Joseph Dante was making a movie about children in space. And I was to be the father. But unfortunately, other circumstances came up with Fitzcarraldo. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, it was Explorers. Have you, uh, aside for for a second, have you ever seen Incident at Loch Ness? Oh, of course. That that's Zach a very Penn's fun movie. Incident yeah, yeah. at Loch Ness. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun, weird little little joint. Also, I love his performance in uh, the Grand. I haven't seen that. He he plays a poker player called the Cowboy, and it's Werner Herzog as a German cowboy. <laughs> Giddy up, yippee kaye, <laughs> but. James Cromwell is very good in this movie. Uh, was this one of the ones where he was uh, recognized as Jamie Cromwell? <laughs> no, I think it was just James Cromwell. Yeah, I think for that, you're looking back towards like Murder by Death or something uh, like that. Revenge of the Nerds Part 2 is where it says, and introducing Jamie Cromwell. Jesus, that was his introducing? I think so. He's... I think it was a joke, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jamie Cromwell... <laughs> I, I love how he comes down and he's like, oh, how was your experiment going? Like his, <laughs> J- James Cromwell's version of a German scientist is so kind of offensive. 
A little bit. Uh, just had a really interesting thought now that you, you just phrased it as he was uh, playing a German scientist. That's he, he did that again later in his career in American Horror Story. So he has gone full circle in the world of German scientist roles. What if halfway during the movie he just put on a scally cap and was training a pig? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. That'll do, Wolfgang. That'll do. I'm preparing for a role that I think I will have in 10 years. The crazy thing is Wolfgang blows up his basement <laughs> and and his parents aren't mad because he's they he said, "Oh, I was just recreating the works of Werner von Braun." Oh, you were recreating the works of a Nazi doctor? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they seem to the the whole Germanness of them. I I was wondering what the hell the writer was getting at with this because it feels like he was trying to make a point that I just didn't understand. Hey, remember how, you know, a bunch of, let's just say, not Nazis, but Nazis fled to America <laughs> and hid in plain sight? We're not saying that's Wolfgang's family, but they sure like science. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the interesting things I saw when I was reading about this is apparently uh, Cherry Curry was considered for a role in this. Yeah, wasn't she considered for the girl? I feel like age-wise that would have been weird because she would have oh. been like 25. You know what? I bet she was considered for Neek. Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the voice That's the of the only Neek. other role that would make sense unless she was like a, a random German sister because they didn't have enough siblings already in that disgusting <laughs> house. And I'm Liesl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad's a Nazi. Not saying that he's not. Do, 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 do. <laughs> But yeah, because uh, Joe Dante like casted her in um, Twilight's on the movie. Like she had no lines; her mouth was sewn shut. Hmm. Like her character has no lines. Yeah. She's the sister of Bart Simpson's character of Nancy Cartwright's character. Okay. So yeah, this movie. Okay, so Ethan Hawke in this movie does absolutely nothing. Like. Aaron builds Aaron helps build the Thunder Road. Uh Wolfgang D designs Darren didn't just he didn't just help build it, he named it. Oh yeah. If it wasn't for our boy Darren, it would it would have been called like what did he want was to call it? it? Darren or Aaron? Darren. Okay. Cause I couldn't remember because at one point he's like the mom's like, Darren, I never forget a name, and then she's like, Aaron. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Judith Ivy. I mean uh, Dana Ivy. <laughs> it's good beer. My dad drinks a lot of it. Why don't we call it? We'll call it the Jules Burn. No, no, we can. We, we could call it the Einstein. Now that's a great name. Oh, come on. Come on. What do you want to call it, the Lori Swenson? Well, uh, I have an idea. And what's that? How about? The Thunder Road. Uh, ben does absolutely nothing. All he does is have the wet dream that leads to this. Well, I mean, to be fair, yeah, he was the one who dreamed the schematic to put it together. But then he doesn't do anything. Wolfgang oh, no. does. Yeah, no, Wolfgang's got a very sore back from carrying this film. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, the fact that the aliens, like, inception our dreams is very uncomfortable. Yeah, that wasn't great. 
and the fact that everyone was kind of into it, like to the point where, uh, good old why can't I remember his Ben? Yeah, it, even his name is un- is forgettable. When Ben climbed up onto his sleeping bag that he had on the roof and was just stargazing, with a pretty hilarious, I might add, uh, harmonica gag where he goes up with a harmonica. You see the sky and all the stars, and you hear some harmonica in the score. Then it pans, uh, pans back to him, and you see him take a harmonica away from his mouth. <laughs> Somewhere yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing about Ben. Like, he's unmemorable. But going back to the aliens, like, watching our dreams, what if, what if, uh, what was his name? The, the alien, the Robert Picardo's, uh, um, uh, oh, he was, um, was it Ewok or w- walk. Ewak? Walk and Neek. Walk. Whack. Whack. Was it wha- Whack or Walk? <laughs> Walk or whack, either or. <laughs> what if whack was like, ah, oh, you dream about Linda Carter a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but why isn't she dressed as Wonder Woman? Ben, I can't help but notice that you're having some interesting dreams about this Laurie Swenson, and you're waking up wet. <laughs> Can you tell me anything about this? Oh, uh, uh, I told my mom that I want to be an astronaut, and she nonchalantly agreed. Yeah, you changed the subject there, Ben. <laughs> yeah. The scene where his mom, where where he says to his mom, if I wanted to be an astronaut, would you support my dream? Like, her response is very, like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, are you dreaming There's... about that Lori Swanson girl? <laughs> well, I, I like that a lot, too, because immediately afterwards, it's revealed that he's writing out his will. <laughs> it's just such a, like, weird, dark moment. <laughs> Also, the movies that he owns on on VHS cassette tape, like I know that this is like the early '80s, and there weren't a ton of VHSs. So one would have to imagine he's paying like seventy dollars for VHSs, and not just that, he's buying really bad movies. He's buy, buying This Island Earth and like Forbidden Planet. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that because he's he's well, not. I'm a- not. Uh, it just makes sense because he's kind of an idiot kid who's just obsessed with sci-fi and aliens and stuff like that. So that might have been the only thing he could have found. Also, I love the bully Steve Jackson, how like Ben tries to stick up for Wolfgang uh, and then gets the shit beaten out of him. Then Darren basically comes out of nowhere. Darren is like a foot shorter than the bully. And this bully is scared of Darren. Which makes me believe that Darren is a psychopath. <laughs> I, I think that there's some some contextual clues within the scope of this movie that would support that argument. He definitely he doesn't have a happy home life, and he just kind of dismisses things in a way that suggests that you know maybe he takes out his feelings via aggression. <laughs> have you guys ever punched a tree so hard that you started bleeding in your hands? No. <laughs> well. Also, you have to bear in mind, too, that he was an 11-year-old boy who was, like, drinking, which is interesting. I have what they call an addiction. <laughs> I also I also love how he's like, you know, I saved your life. If I knew you were going to be such a chud, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Every time they talked about Steve Jackson, the bully, all I could think of is Steve Jackson Games. It's a It's a board game company that I've known, like since I was a kid. 
So I cannot disassociate the name Steve Jackson from the word games. Oh, I was just I was just thinking that. Oh man, we better be nice to Steve Jackson. His dad Joe is always on tour. <laughs> His dad is always stepping out. Which Joe Jackson do you mean? Uh the the British singer, not the monster dad. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, that's Darren's dad. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, Darren is the one who figures out that they're kids, that the aliens, spoiler alert, like, the dreams that Darren, uh, that Ben is having is sent by aliens, and they turn out to be kids. It's the father. I'm telling you, it's the father. They're kids. Look at them. Kids? And you didn't tell us? You dreamed about meeting us. You wanted this to be so great. We were afraid you'd be, you know, disappointed. They're just lonely alien kids who want to have friends. And they basically steal their dad's car, which is a penis-looking spaceship. Actually, I thought it looked like a slightly modified Tantive four. Like if they just took that right out of the beginning of a new hope and then just put splashed a darker paint job on it, you have their you have their spaceship at that point. But Darren's the one who is like, it's their father, because Whack is like, oh, they're space pirates. Space pirates coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just their pot bellied, vagina faced dad who's <laughs> just riddled with meat crevices. Also Robert Picardo. The aliens were disgusting. I just need to get that off my chest. Oh, my wife said personally. that too as as we were watching this. She she's like they're they're gross. I'm like they're Joe Dante. That's why they're here. That's why it's in not your average Saturday morning because they're clearly cartoon based. Yeah, uh but again, also very very disgusting. Like they're the the little double and bobo of this film. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it with that. Never. Stop bringing that movie back. So I, I have a uh, very technical question. Uh, yeah. As someone who is well acquainted with film, mm-hmm. I figure you could answer this for me. Sure. How do drive-in movies work? Because I always thought that the drive-in would obtain a copy of a film. Yes. And they would merely project the film. Two copies, two movies. Sure, yeah, yeah. The, and they, they project the film onto a screen. But in the Explorers universe... What's interesting is that they seem to posit that what is being <laughs> projected so, okay, onto that a was, screen. That was part of the thing that that was supposed to go into reshoots because they were supposed to fly through the projection booth and and the projectionist who was going to be John Sayles, who director John Sayles, who is in every Joe Dante movie, was mm-hmm. supposed to like jump out of the way and be like, what the hell? And then they cut it so that it looked like it was the spaceship of of the Star Killer movie that they were watching. Okay. Yeah, so what ended up on screen is that basically within this universe, you see <laughs> all of the action that you see on the drive-in screen is being filmed in real time in a sound stage that is in a room inside the snack stand. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. But that's that's what they're positing. Like Danielle and I were watching it last night and she's like, "How the like how the hell did these people think that drive-ins work?" <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> no, yeah. that that was the, the issue because it was supposed to cut back. You're supposed to think that 
action that's happening in the movie could be happening to these guys too. Like, yeah. the destruction they're causing is causing the destruction in Starkiller, which, again, Robert Picardo is... Robert Picardo plays three people in this movie. He's in every Joe Dante movie, but he plays the guy in Starkiller, he plays uh, Whack, and he plays Wax Dad. And he was also in Star Trek. Right, right. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize that he pulled uh, three full roles there. Like, he is... Him and Dick Miller are in, like, every Joe Dante movie. Well, I mean, got to work with uh, people you can trust, I guess. <laughs> Which is crazy because, like, in in his our two movies from now in Matinee, they basically point out the fact that Dick Miller is in every single one of Joe Dante's <laughs> movies. Now, a question about Star Killer: Is this the first time this was u- that name was used in any sort of official capacity? Because um, it was originally supposed to be Luke Skywalker's last name, and I'm assuming that's where they got it as a nod. Well, to he's that. friends with with George Lucas, and yeah, so I'm I'm assuming it's a nod to that. I'm just wondering if it popped up anywhere in pop culture before then because obviously it became canon in the force awakens but i didn't know if uh, it had been used yeah uh in star killer base this. run by star- space hitler yes <laughs> general yeah, base. and in that shitty uh mid-aughts video game the force unleashed the the main character's name was star killer uh, i'm a duke star killer oh we're not even trying anymore <laughs> so that game it came out for a wee and you played someone who wielded a lightsaber in it. How could they fuck that up? Is my question. Easily. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently, you can you can mess it up in spades. <laughs> you like they they tripped over ways that they were could mess it up. <laughs> okay, so in this movie, once again, Ben. Not a great character because he pretty much stalks a girl in his class. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things he did when they learned that they had this technology is he used it to hang outside the window of good old Laurie Swenson. Uh, yeah, I liked his uh, excuse when, of course, he falls to the ground in some sort of comedic mishap and uh, she goes to the window to check on him. And she's like, what are you doing out there? And he's, his excuse was he was looking for a cat in a tree. <laughs> well, it, it, pretty smooth. It, it's Better than the excuse in basketball when when he goes, oh, I was just making clam chowder. <laughs> well, at least basketball, was that was supposed to be funny and over the top. Yeah. Also, so, I'm pretty uh, sure her house, Lori, Lori Swenson's house, was the house from Roxanne. Like, oh, it could be, yeah, yeah. And like, the, that scene looked exactly like Roxanne, which came out like three I, years later. I would not have put that together, but yeah, I, I agree with you that it does look pretty similar. It's because I love the movie Roxanne, not because I love this movie. Oh, I want to I tell you one of the notes I took down about this, because there's a scene in the film wherein the lads take a giant computer monitor, a CRT monitor, and a computer out into the woods onto a hilltop oh, yeah. with no Definitely. power around whatsoever, and they power it up. So here's my note, and it, uh, it's a bullet point note. And I have uh, one bullet with an indent underneath, and I'd like to read both of them really quick. Please. First note. No need for power for that computer. Second, vo- second note. 
My mistake. Nine volt. <laughs> yeah, it runs on a nine volt battery. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> this is the new this is the new computer made by Mattel. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And then they decide, like, oh well, if we if we attach a car battery to this, then we can get a stronger we can make this thing stronger. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so yeah, in in their in their adventure to get a larger battery, they end up breaking into a junkyard. Or uh, was it actually breaking in? He had a key, right? He said he had a key, but it looked like it looked like needle nose pliers. <laughs> okay, so they go into a, a junkyard, and on the way, a dog is in there. You know, typical junkyard. And they dog. kill a dog. <laughs> yes, they give a dog gum, and the dog just sits there chewing on it. And I think it was Ben that was like, is that, like, basically he shows concern for the dog. He's like, is that okay for the dog? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to teach him how to shit, how to blow bubbles one day. <laughs> yeah, the response is basically just like, oh, don't you like gum? <laughs> and then that's it. That's, then they show the close-up of the dog later on chewing, just so you know that, yes, in fact, this dog will die. <laughs> and Darren's going to grow up to be like a serial killer. Yeah, Darren's ticking uh, several boxes <laughs> along the way during this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I mean, so here's my theory. Uh, Wolfgang's going to grow up to be a NASA scientist. Ben's going to grow up to run a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> and and Darren is going to be the Golden State Killer. <laughs> well, when you look at Darren's different things that he does in this, so we have demonstrably seen him abuse an animal, he is drinking at like eleven, which is. I think they're supposed to be thirteen. Okay, sorry, my bad. He's drinking at thirteen. <laughs> what else has he done? Has uh, I mean, it's it's implied that his his home is abusive. Yeah, it's implied that his dad beats the shit out of him, and like like the look in his eyes, like my dad has a gun, and one day I'll steal it. Yeah, although I think that that's too impersonal a crime for him. I think when he finally does uh, start doing the horrible things that he's going to do, it's going to be with a knife. <laughs> I, I think he's going to basically go after father figures, but not abusive <laughs> father figures. He's going to go after like like Henry Winkler type. <laughs> I just like <laughs> good dads. Like yeah, yeah. The the when that summer that San Francisco <laughs> was wrapped in a blanket of terror due to the dad killer. <laughs> Did David Fincher's dad killer. <laughs> Did you see the salt, uh, the culturally sensitive totem pole in the junkyard? No. Oh, it's uh, wouldn't fly today. Let me tell you that much. It was not good. A lot of the stuff in this movie would not fly today. Also, Ben in class when she asks, uh, the the teacher says, "Can you give us some facts about carbon dioxide?" Because she thinks he's not paying attention. He says. It's it's what uh, the atmosphere on Mars is. And she's like, incorrect. No, that was a correct answer. He gave a correct answer. Yeah, no, the teacher was just kind of an asshole. He, maybe, he maybe that's who Cherie Curie would have been. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he, she was just an asshole because not only did he say that, he then started relaying a whole bunch of other information that was relevant to uh, carbon dioxide in, uh, on Mars, in, to, be, uh, to be fair. But he yeah. was giving like, a whole bunch of actually interesting, accurate information showing that he knew some things. Yeah, but that bitch behind him was like, oh, you fucking moron. <laughs> How good would it have been if that was that girl's line in the movie? <laughs> oh, oh, Ben, you fucking moron. 
just yeah, no other vulgarity in this movie whatsoever. Just that one line <laughs> slipped in there. <laughs> you can get one fuck for PG thirteen, right? Yeah. I think this movie was PG. You know, um, did it predate PG thirteen? Yeah, I think so. No, right this was eighty five, so no, it didn't. The year following. Yeah. But yeah, so once again, Darren is definitely a serial killer. Yep. Like, like, it's like, you could grow up to be one of the following. A smart guy who is in love with an alien. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm, you can be mm-hmm. a nerd who's going to, like, you know that Ben's going to end up running, like, a movie theater or the drive-in. He wants to be an astronaut, but he's going to be one of those guys who thinks that his band opening for Night Ranger is, like, a thing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that you are absolutely correct. I don't think he's going to own the movie theater. I think he's going to be like a night manager or something like that. And because it reminds me so much, like I can see his career going in a very specific way. A friend of mine is from uh, Little Rock originally. And when he was a teenager, he worked at a movie theater there. And his manager was this dude who had like a, he had like a kind of messed up voice, kind of like that. And one day he you bring on the craziest characters to this podcast. (laughs) So, well, this just is going to go somewhere where I don't think you will ever expect it to go. So one day this manager calls my friend into his office. He's like, oh, hey, come on in. Close the door behind you. So he does. And he's like, check this out. He opens up his desk and pulls out a notebook with a picture of a skunk with a very accurate human genitalia on it. <laughs> and it was peeing. <laughs> and so he looks at my friend. And this guy, it, it wasn't as creepy as it sounds because, like, my friend was probably 17 at the time. And this guy was probably, like, 21. So it's not like he's a 35-year-old, like, showing a 14-year-old this. It's like they're in the relatively same age bracket. Not that this was an appropriate thing whatsoever. So my friend just kind of looks at it. <laughs> and the guy says to him, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So that's Ben, yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I can picture Ben like buying the drive-in and then like years later, this condo developer is like, we'll give you $6 million. No, you can't have my land. This is my drive-in. Me and my friends in a rocket ship drove through. Okay, <laughs> we're just going to steal the land by eminent domain and we're going to have you committed. <laughs> Laurie Swanson dumped me on prom night. Look, you can't have this land. Several people depend on me for employment, not least of which are the actors who work their ass off in that soundstage inside the snack bar. Hey, Ben, do you have the pages? Yeah, in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, when they're in the, when they're in the junkyard, they find this Tilt-A-Whirl car that's abandoned, and they decide that that's going to be the, the perfect sort of vessel to use within this magical force field that they can now concoct. And what I liked about when they stole it and started rolling it down the road, they left all the trash that was in it inside of it. So they didn't like empty it out or anything to make it lighter. They just left it filled with debris as they were rolling this thing. Because they're fucking children. Well, yes, and they're also apparently idiots. (laughs) Short of Wolfgang, but I, I, I think Wolfgang really let us down with that decision. I, I love how like moody Wolfgang is like he gets one. So Steve Jackson doesn't even beat up Wolfgang. He just like throws his books, but some kid goes up to Wolfgang and takes a knife and slices his pants. Yeah, that was, I mean, we all remember the first time that that happened to us. 
and how that felt. But I think that, that the knife the knife changes. Sometimes it's a butterfly knife. Sometimes it's just one of those ones that turns into a comb. <laughs> and for some reason, the kid that always does it, he's the less popular of two twins. So, if we're if we're exchanging stories, in in high school, a kid got suspended because he brought a. Uh, uh, one of those switchblade combs to school, and they're like, that's a knife. And he's like, no, it's not a knife. It's a comb. I'm auditioning for Grease at the community theater. And we're like, oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Which character are you, you auditioning for? Kaneki. <laughs> I was just going to say Chachi. <laughs> Chachi. I am woefully unfamiliar with Grease, and I am happy about that. <laughs> Chachi was happy days. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, like, a kid takes a knife, slashes his pants, and then rips them. Yeah, so he's walking home half nude, which is really, really odd. I just, I just picture, like, uh, a family friend being like, Wolfgang, do you need a ride home? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> also... His parents seem like the type of parents who wouldn't care if he went to school or not. <laughs> no, the basement's your classroom. Well, they said that in it. Uh, ben made a comment about how he's been pretending to be sick for a few days so he could continue working in the basement. So I, I think you're dead on the dead to rights with that. I think those parents do not care. And, and they have so many children that they have to worry about anyway. So, which one of you guys has worked on the progress for the boys from Brazil? Who 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 made a clone yet? <laughs> so, one other thing about the the knife and pants incident that that kind of strikes me, because this movie was made on such an abbreviated timeline, do you think that there's a chance that the pants were like ripped in like actually ripped by the knife and that they weren't designed to be ripped? Like, do you think that a child just went up to another child with a knife and ripped his pants because they had no time to do anything but the real thing? Hey, hey, do we have security on here? Like, is someone going to help us? We're trying to make a movie here. <laughs> just a random kid just comes up and like, hey, River Phoenix. <laughs> you were raised in South America. And then he like cuts his pants. Oh, yeah. And in 1994, don't go to the Viper Room. <laughs> Have you have you ever heard? Okay, so I was watching the documentary uh, Showbiz Kids, and they do an entire section on River Phoenix. Uh, Alex Winter, Bill from Bill, uh, Bill and Ted, who we already talked about this month, um, made this documentary, and there's an entire section about River Phoenix, and they show clips from explorers and like all of these amazing like performances he gives, and then they do the audio of the 911 call and it's like Joaquin Phoenix and Johnny Depp and like Keanu Reeves like like Joaquin is on the phone and he's like can you please send an ambulance my brother isn't breathing what's his name River Phoenix oh we'll send that right away (laughs) Jesus like like it's the darkest thing I ever heard and this is they're doing the audio over clips of like the explorers Jesus Christ did I, did I ever tell you about the music teacher that I had in middle school? No. This is So this is the first time I'd ever heard of River Phoenix. Um, I hadn't seen any of his movies as a, as a child. And in sixth grade, when I entered, uh, everyone had to take music, uh, much to my chagrin at that point in time, because 
I had only had teachers who taught me how to dislike music as opposed to how to like music. So yeah, this is the this this woman that we had for our, our music class. She was in her mid sixties. She was a miserable little little uh, goblin, and she had magazine cutouts of River Phoenix all over her classroom, just hanging on the walls where normal teachers hang like different things about learning and other things. What a sixty <laughs> yeah. year old woman. She was she was conservatively in her mid sixties. I would say yeah yeah Mrs. Backer. Yeah, what year was this? This is like 1993. So yeah, actually, no, that makes sense. It was 93 to 94 because before the school year ended is when he OD'd. Yeah. So she, and then in probably her most ghoulish act of many ghoulish acts that she had as a teacher. She, she put she a pentagram in the middle of the classroom and had, had a locket of his hair. She just, she just had an article about his OD and hung that on the wall as well. Do you think she did it? <laughs> Was she the one who designed those drugs? <laughs> yeah, she uh, she was three hours late uh, to class that day because she said she was on a flight beforehand coming back from somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I was crying and crying and crying. But a six-year-old woman being in love with... He was, what, 24 at that point? Yeah, probably that's, about that. That's creepy. It's super weird, yeah. And that was the first time that I'd, I'd ever heard of River Phoenix. Is just because the strange old, um, the strange old woman just had pictures of him all over her classroom, and it was it was to the point where me and like my friends in the class and everything would just kind of like snarkily make fun of these posters all over the place, and like we'd be like, "Oh yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a big star, like River Phoenix." <laughs> I'll hang out with Keanu Reeves and I'll do my own private Idaho. And I'll have some woman named Backer on the East Coast obsessed with me in a very unhealthy manner. Oh, man. Do you think she went to like the movie theater that weekend and saw a crazy little thing called Love like six times? Ah, probably. It's his, it's his last movie. I, I I could see that. The crazy thing is like the movies he w- was supposed to be in like that following year that he died, that River Phoenix died, he went from making The Explorers to doing like Crazy Little Thing Called Love, but he was supposed to be in an interview with the vampire. He was supposed to be Christian Slater's role, and then he was supposed to be in Speed, and Keanu took that over. Like, it's crazy the movies that he was supposed to do. Yeah, he would have actually exploded after this. I mean, he was in he was in a bunch of great movies going into this, but... He was the kind of he was the kind of famous and successful where a small child wouldn't know who he was, but I knew who like like a couple of years later, if he was at like speed level or something like that, that's the kind of household name where you know everyone knows who it is. Exactly, and like to think he that he started out in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Well, Will Whedon in that documentary was talking about how like he was best friends with, with River and like looked up to River and then he started doing drugs after, um, um, uh, what was it? Um, Mosquito Coast. And he's like, I just stopped hanging out with him. How old was he if he was doing drugs at that point? Like 15. My God. Yeah. That's, that's really sad. 
Also, his suits in this movie, Wolfgang's suits, like he looks like he looks like a college professor. Yeah, my the first note I took is just Wolfgang's clothing. <laughs> Impeccable. Yeah, no, he's he's looking great. He knows it. Like when when they're in the rain and they're walking in the rain and he has the umbrella, he looks like he's about to meet someone to give conspiracy information on the death of JFK. like Wolfgang in this movie is the MVP also when going back to the alien dad screaming when when he finds out that his daughter is like in love with Wolfgang and he goes Wolfgang it's like less of a being mad that it's a human and more like did you put your eggs inside him (laughs) like what if the movie (laughs) ended and during the credits we just hear splat splat and like cut to Wolfgang's exoskeleton and all these aliens are like popping out of his chest. (laughs) Yeah. I I did not care for the relationship there, especially because again, the aliens are so disgusting. They have the, the one trait that you see all the time on like gross alien depictions where they have suction cups on their fingertips. It's like, no, no, that's not how evolution works. Evolution would never supply that sort of digit to anything. Well, uh, uh, Wack also said very creepily, he, he said something really gross about Lori again. Like, uh, what did he say? Like, I want to get my suction cups on her. <laughs> and, and like, instead of Ben being like, you creep, he's like, yeah, she's cute, right? Hopefully she'll be my girlfriend. Ugh. Don't so, be an enabler. So before they bump into the aliens, they kind of go through a little bit of a, um, it's very similar to the to the cheese factory that used to be at Chuck E. Cheese. It was like the little obstacle course type maze that you could go into. They had something kind of like that on uh, on the Tantive Four um, clone ship that they were on, and in it there was this weird spider monster, uh, spider robot type thing that came over and started sort of inspecting the kids and like sniffing at them and whatnot. At one point, it touched a kid's butt. I forget which child. It was Ben and- because Ben had a picture of Lori Swanson. Okay, Swanson. So, yeah, so. So it touched his butt and then just said, whoa, <laughs> give me that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I did not care for uh, the robot getting excited about touching a, a boy's butt. <laughs> well, he pulled out the picture and then he said, whoa. Yeah, that's not how I choose to view it. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <clears throat> also, like. Uh, are these aliens brain dead? Because they're so enamored with. TV and popular culture that all he does is like recite TV. Like the first thing he says is what's up doc. And then does impressions of Bob Hope. And when did, when the hell did Jimmy Carter say, y'all come back now? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the interesting thing. He only seemed to speak in dated pop culture references. There was nothing post like 1970 that he referenced. But Neek, Neek could speak normally. Yeah, I think that Wacker, Walker, whatever his name is, I think he was a little, I think he was, uh, I think, let's just say his English wasn't as good. <laughs> but Neek also did, like, different impressions of, like, different starlets. She she was doing, like, Marilyn Monroe for a while, but she would also do, like, Rosalind Russell and Myrna Loy. Yeah, and actually, one thing about Neek that I've got to say is she's a very good example of a Joe Dante situation where in order to make something quote-unquote female, he just throws a really bushy wig on it and gives it big lips, sort of like the female gremlin in Gremlins 2. Yeah. 
Where it's or, like, or Bugs Bunny when he wants to dress up like a girl bunny. Which makes sense because Joe Dante is obsessed with cartoons. So that, that actually tracks now that you, you just mentioned that. And I, uh, I, I don't know how to explain this, but why does he start doing Little Richard? Because that was a pop culture reference that happened before 1970, so it was allowed. <laughs> but But Ben is like, Oh, I get it. You come here all the time. And they're like, no, we, we don't come to Earth. You guys have germs. <laughs> and now in the situation that we're living in, yeah, they were right. No wonder why the aliens, the UFOs that they released pictures of, <laughs> no wonder aliens aren't coming here. We got germs and shit. Those motherfuckers are crazy. They're eating bats and shit. <laughs> so... Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention is that I had exactly one hearty belly laugh in this movie. Okay. Just one? Was, you didn't like this movie? No, I liked the movie. I didn't laugh at it much, though. Uh, the The line, when one of the, I think it was Walk, was talking to Ben, and he was talking about how it took him a while to kind of piece together what earth, what earthlings were biologically, and... It was in re- it was in response. I watched to ben. four episodes of Lassie. I watched four episodes of Lassie before I realized why the hairy kid didn't speak. <laughs> yeah, that line. Uh, that's such a good line. But also, what if to prove what a serial killer Darren is, like he kills a wax dad? <laughs> the thing is, though, oh, that- I don't think he would know where to stab him because he's just riddled with vaginas, and you don't know which one is the one that leads to the heart. <laughs> probably the gut <laughs> no but but that's that's another thing like he's so angry da- the Karen of Darren it, the character of Darren is so angry because he's like if anyone gives us trouble we'll kick their asses well if they're aliens and they rip open your exoskeleton and shove their eggs in your chest I don't <laughs> think you're going to be kicking their ass <laughs> like wax dad had like six arms yeah, no, he was gross. He had he had arms coming out of his head, which is just an abomination. I don't ever want to see a character with arms coming out of their head. Also, I it does get really sentimental when they're like, "Yeah, if we go down to Earth, you're gonna think of us like this." And then when they show clips of like ET, uh, not ET, uh, King Kong, and like Godzilla, I'm like, oh, "Yeah, you know, other other famous aliens." It's like that's really sad, but really true. I what I really really wanted before I, I had that split second of really wanting this before I realized how anachronistic it would be was for them to show that Fox alien autopsy special from the 90s. What what if the movie ended with them being like no it's safe to come down it's safe to come down and then they get down there and and Whack and Neek step off their spaceship and Dick Miller just has like a giant shotgun and blows their heads off. This is for the last 30 years of my life. And then the credits run. Very, very good. (laughs) Been all around the world. (laughs) Also, uh, once again, female characters are very underwritten. Lori, like, she's automatically in love with Ben because she had a dream by aliens. And then the movie ends with them dreaming together. And she kisses him in the most, you know, 
creepiest kiss that I've ever seen in a, in a movie. Like, yeah. they could have been cousins. Yeah, you see the four children flying through clouds as all of the circuitry for the for the machine is underneath them. And as I was watching it, I, I looked at it and I turned to Danielle and I'm like, two of those children are dead now. <laughs> Seriously? Which two children? Well, River Phoenix River is Phoenix. dead. And uh, but, Amanda Amanda Peterson, who played uh, uh, who played Laurie, is dead. Oh wait, was she the girl in Can't Buy Me Love? She was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Ethan Hawke just keeps getting younger and younger looking as he gets older. Yeah, yeah. And Jason Presson, I mean, if you're listening, reach out to us and let us know you're all right, <laughs> please. <laughs> Dick Miller's dead. Dan Ivey's surprisingly still alive. I'm I'm shocked that Dick Miller made it to last year. Like yeah. death was really he was he was winning a lot of games of chess against death. It's like when I found out that Brian Dennehy died this year. I'm like Brian Dennehy. Yeah, I, that was one that I was shocked to know he was still alive. And uh, Kurt Kirk Douglas. They're like he made it. He was he was so young, a hundred and three. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's insane that he made it that long. What a hell of a life, though, huh? Know what I kind of want to do is uh, for the Bagel Basket uh, YouTube page, I might take the image of them flying through the air and re- and replace all of the audio with the song from the Snowman. We're walking in the air. <laughs> now, when you say the Snowman, you mean the um, the the David cinematic- Bowie cartoon. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you were referring to the cinematic masterpiece from 2017. Oh, the Harry Hole. <laughs> yeah. The Harry Hole Chronicles. No, I'm referring to the 1984 animated short that David Bowie did the opening narration yeah. for. I'll never yeah, this- forget that Christmas with the snowman. Because that whole that whole video is them, a boy and a snowman flying through the sky, looking down on the world. Yeah, yeah, sure is. Man, uh, why did they, why did they call him Harry Hole? Because <laughs> here's here's the thing. So in the original novel, that's obviously his name, but it's not pronounced Hole. It's pronounced like Halla or something like that. Because it's it's. It's I Swedish. believe it's it's Danish, so I think it's or, Harry Hul, or Hul. I'm I'm looking this up right now, Harry Hul. And I don't believe it's pronounced Harry. I thought it was pronounced oh, it's Ari. Nor- it's Norwegian. Okay. So it's pronounced Hurdy Dordy Burk Burk Burk, Dippiggy. Yeah, it's Hula. Yeah. Hula. Yeah, so it's Harry Hul. It's yeah, not so Harry Hole. It's not Harry Hole, either way. Like, why the fuck did, could they not have made that change? Imagine imagine a young Michael Fassbender in, in the Explorers as Darren <laughs> speaking German to the, to the aliens. Fitzpalulik, mein brother, mein sister. Did you see the snowman? No, all I all I know is that 
this was post Val Kilmer's surgery, so they had to have someone dub his voice. Yeah, it it was weird. It was so it should have been better because I read the book and it's it's a decent book. Like Nordic crime is usually at least a C plus in terms of uh, in terms of just straight up pulp novels. But man, another thing that they just got completely wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, America can't really adapt stuff. No, and it was great because they, of course, they had fucking cigarettes on the soundtrack to it. It's like, oh well, close enough. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have uh, a big, uh, big actor, Michael Fassbender. We're gonna have Cigarettes, and uh, I guess Val Kilmer. I'm. Can you hear Kachings? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, getting back to Explorers, Ethan Hawke in this movie is so annoying. Ethan Hawke is like one of my favorite actors of all time. And like Ethan Hawke looks like Ethan Hawke now in this movie. Like it it looks, it looks like someone took adult Ethan Hawke from the mid nineties and put him in a washing machine and then pulled him out. (laughs) (laughs) actually you know what it kind of reminded me of it it made me think that like this whole movie was done digitally like that scene in rise of skywalker where they put carrie fisher's face on billy lord oh it was billy lord that they did that yeah okay thought so but yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah also it's like what was this directed by richard linkletter is the explorers gonna take 12 (laughs) years to make what if someone did that and and they cut footage from the explorers and then footage from dead poet society and then footage from uh before sunrise and told like a cohesive story yeah that's actually a pretty interesting idea to do that to just splice together the same actor in different roles into something that makes narrative sense it's definitely possible but uh i i I can't think of any examples of it having been done yeah, just cut out all of the weird alien stuff, and it's a boy who wants to be a, be a NASA scientist or be an astronaut. And then, wait, are there any movies that uh, he played an astronaut in? I can't think of anything. Apollo 13. That wasn't Ethan Hawke. That was Kevin Bacon. Yeah, no, I I was just fucking talking out of my ass. Okay. (laughs) No, because for a second, I just have like a Mandela effect of like Ethan Hawke in an astronaut costume. Um, Has he he done any sci-fi? Oh, uh, um, Gattaca. Well, the only sci-fi that I could think of besides Gattaca is Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets where it looks like Mark McGrath. I mean, there there is a similarity there anyway. Well, then that's the narrative story that, that like, <laughs> I cut footage from Explorers, then Dead Poets, then Before Sunrise, then Gattaca, and I end it with Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to end it with the end of First Reformed. <laughs> no, the end of First Reform. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, I thought, you, I thought you said the beginning. No. <laughs> yes, the end of First Reform, where he takes the barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, put in some taking lives there all of all of the ethan hawk deep cuts newton boys <laughs> ethan hawk in this movie is so annoying and like 
he is the least compelling lead. It, like the movie ends and it's like explorers starring Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, introducing Jason Presson. Look out, folks. That guy's going to be huge. <laughs> and and like Ethan Hawke is just so whiny and so annoying and he's eating a good chunk of the movie. Like there's like seven times they cut to Ethan Hawke and he has like baklava or chewy bars in his face. Yeah, I I was uncomfortable with the baklava. I don't know why. Something about it just didn't sit well with me. It just it didn't look good and it was sort of forced on Darren. <laughs> what is this? Can I murder anyone with it? <laughs> Well, might as well calorie load. I'm going to need to strangle someone later. <laughs> I don't want to eat any. Do you want to eat any talking dog that tells me to do stuff like in Son <laughs> of Sam? Yeah, I wonder if the gum dog tells him to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. He's David Berkowitz. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it sounds like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> What you gotta do, Darren, is you ride around the innocent. <laughs> Next time, Bing Brabba wishes. In, in the meantime, the dog is very clearly dead and decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so River Phoenix, let, let's just talk about how great Wolfgang is. <laughs> yeah, River Phoenix is great. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything where he didn't deliver, and... I learned that he's in a movie that was released in 2012. So yeah, that that was that it was filmed in 1993. Yeah. And he died after like 85% of the movie was finished. So what they did for the rest of the stuff is they got a guy who kind of looks like him from behind mm -hmm. and they just filmed the rest of it. Jonathan Price said it was like the worst movie that he's ever worked on. Interesting. So they they kind of did the crow sort of solution on that. Yes, but at this point, everyone was super old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, uh, it got decent reviews. So I'm I'm interested in seeing it. This like weird time capsule from 1993, released in 2020, uh, 2012. Yeah, which uh, that's insane to me. I, I kind of like lost media like that. That's, uh, I'm always really fascinated when things like that rear their heads, like Chinese democracy or, or this. The sound that cried. I want to see that so badly. Well, we have to become friends with Harry Shearer. And yeah, because he's one of the few people that's actually seen it. He owns the, the print. Oh, I didn't realize he owns the print. I thought he saw it. No, he owns the print. He bought it off of Jerry Lewis who was having money troubles and he's like I'll buy it. So when does that that there's a uh, there's a legal stipulation on that. Uh oh 2024 is when uh, that's going to be up. So uh less than less than 4 years from now. Yeah, June of maybe we will finally get to see the clown that cried. But yeah, for River Phoenix to film a movie in 1993, um apparently he hated the actress Judy Davis, who was playing his love interest, that he kept pushing off like the sex scene. He's like, no, no, we're not doing that today. We're not doing that today. <laughs> so they never filmed it. That's that's just crazy. He's like, yeah. over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Guess he really didn't want to have sex with her in a movie. 
Yeah. But I, okay, so Wolfgang is like the genius. He He's the only one who has a mask, a breathing mask that actually fits his face. Yeah, the other two have the, well, I think he was, that's all they had because the other two had the same weird masks that Wolfgang's dad was wearing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, also, hmm. know how you know that Darren is a serial killer when they're when they're in the um the the ship with the masks on and they're like, "Well, you know, in my dreams, I don't dream. I don't I never dream. Everybody <laughs> dreams, not me." When I close my eyes, it's blackness and more blackness and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's knife slashes sometimes it's gunshots some mornings I wake up with traces of blood under my fingernails <laughs> what if what if as Darren's dreaming you just hear like his dad yelling Darren put the gun down what are you doing boy you're sleepwalking again <laughs> <laughs> yeah at the end when they're all flying Darren's just like hey guys I'll be right back and you see him like fly off with a gun <laughs> <laughs> because like the things that Darren says is like like they they allude to his domestic abuse but it's so nonchalant how Joe Dante like plays it off. It's like, yeah, my dad's going to be really pissed when he sees his shed. Anyway, what's up with you guys? <laughs> yeah, it it's it's very bizarre how little how little they focused on that when it was it was clearly alluded to several times but it's like that episode of weird offhanded offhanded manner it's like that episode of full house where the kid from the mighty ducks is uh stephanie's classmate who gets the shit beaten out of him by his dad goldberg no it's not goldberg it's uh the kid who was only in the first one the the short kid kid oh yeah yeah the the little he's like um the little joe was it peter yeah, yeah, and he's I like fact checks us. He he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, just pretend like you're watching Home Alone or Who Framed Roger Rabbit when your dad's beating the shit out of you, and like nothing happens of it. Like you never see the kid again. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting. I just looked it up Go to on. to confirm. Uh, yes, Peter Peter Mark is the character's name, number twenty four. He so he has a Wikipedia article. Uh, uh, basically his name links to something on wikipedia so i click on it expecting at least like a stub of information about him instead it goes to a television show called going places that ran from uh september 21st 1990 to march 8th of 1991 and i'm guessing he was in it oh that classic time period of five seconds jesus the cast in this so this is the cast of this show that just died after a after one season Uh alan ruck what? Jerry Levine. Heather Locklear. Holland Taylor. Wait, Jerry Levine. How do I know that name? Jerry Levine is... Um, he was in Teen Wolf. And oh, that's right. He was uh, Boy Meets World. He was in Cult Fiction. He was the guy who yep. had yep. the cult. Yep. Um, he was in... Uh, Holland Taylor was in it. Stacy Keenan was in it. J.D. Daniels, good old Peter. Jesus, what a cast for a sitcom. That's how how did that show fail? It must have had terrible writing. Probably, but it, I mean it, it was a Miller Boyette joint, so it was all the same writers. 
as we've discussed before. On a different podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by Jesus. the way, I figured out why my camera was shitty. Why is that? It had a thumb smudge on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. I, I I think that the the character of Darren grew up to have a kid who was the kid from Full House. <laughs> he, he grew up to be a shitty father too. But like like the whole like storyline of like fathers and children is like so underplayed and it's only supposed to relate to Darren because apparently Ben's dad is either really great or just doesn't exist. And Wolfgang's dad is, you know, Jamie Cromwell. Yeah, good old Jamie. Uh, yeah, his dad is is pretty good. I think you can make the argument that he has he has some solid parentage, even if they're quirky and possibly um, war criminals. <laughs> they're they're doing a fine job of raising their children at any rate. Wait, why did we change our name from uh from Mueller? Why 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 is our name Mueller now? We used to be Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a much lighter way you t- took that joke. You could have taken it into a far more dark place. <laughs> well, I don't have to take it into a dark place because it's already a TV show on Amazon Prime. Hunters. <laughs> Spoiler alert for that show. That show ends with Hitler being alive there. Yay. But yeah, like for, for the weirdest family that... that could have a very dark history. Wolfgang has a pretty happy childhood. Ben, who knows what's going on with his his family? Like his mom, is she supposed to be a single mom or? I don't think it was ever made clear. He doesn't really spend enough time at home. His mother exists only to check in on him once in the middle of the night and then to come in and say something to him uh, as he's writing his will. <laughs> Hey, Ben, have you seen your dad? You said he was going out for a pack of cigarettes, and he hasn't come back yet. It's been about 15 years, so I'm, I'm just curious if you've seen him. <laughs> and then, then like, it, it pulls, like, a whole 180 with, with like, a parallel between Darren and, um, and the alien kids because, like, their dad's yelling at them, and he's the one who figures it out. But the look on his face, he doesn't look terrified. He just looks pissed off. Yeah, um, I would be curious. So you've heard, I'm assuming, that there is a remake of this in the works uh, at some no. stage of development. Yeah, um, it's being put on by uh, Carrie Fukunaga and David Lowery. That, those are very dark directors. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see what they could have done for it. <laughs> have you ever seen a picture of David Lowery before? Yeah. What a mustache. <laughs> Wow. Check this out. <laughs> it took me aback, this picture, when I first saw it. It's the article on his Wikipedia page right now. He looks like the man who killed Jesse James. If you rein in that mustache and make it a little more handlebar, it would look very like similar to... Bronson. I was going to say, it would look very similar to my brother. Because my, uh, brother, my brother's a firefighter, so he's got that sort of firefighter look, but this guy's mustache is a little too unkempt. <laughs> he, he looks like Tom Hardy from Bronson. But like, a little bit. But David Lowry is such a dark director, and Kerry Fukunawa. Like, they're dark directors. So then they're going to play up the whole fact that Darren is probably, like, 
beaten to a pulp by his dad. Jesus. Yeah, because uh, Kerry Fukunaga, he did uh, first season The True Detective, right? And he did It. No, uh, he did. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. He was originally supposed to do It, but he did Maniac. He did. Um, and David Joker. Lowry did A Ghost Story, which is a nice lighthearted film. And Anthem Body Saints. Yeah. And, uh, like they're dark directors. I think the the lightest movie Dale, David Lowry has done is the um, um, Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon, and that yeah. that movie is still dark too. Yeah, like that movie opens up with like a deer walking in the middle of the road and it killing the parents of this kid. <laughs> like the the they hit the deer with the car and like yeah. the deer eviscerates the parents. Yeah, I mean that'll happen. Deer are big animals. So, like, now I'm curious to see what their version of Explorers would be. And I can only imagine who would, who they would cast. Like, three Jacob Tremblays. Oh, oh, interesting. So, they're apparently looking to do a limited TV series based on it. Okay. <laughs> this this could be, it could be super cool, actually. All right, yeah, so let's, let's, let's round robin this real quick. Who do you think they're going to cast on uh, for this? So Ben, who do you think's playing Ben? Jacob Tremblay. Like I will stay by my that. I think that's a pretty good call. Um, the little <laughs> what did the little Nazi kid hear in the bathroom when he was masturbating? <laughs> oh, Jaden Martell. Oh, Jaden Martell. That's who I was thinking of. Who's Jacob Tremblay? Uh, from uh Room, and he was. Oh in- yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I, th- okay. I feel like Jaden Martell is too old now because he's I, like. I think you would 60. have to. I think you'd have to have older kids though, because I think these guys, these kids were. Well, no, they were probably about the right age. I don't know. I think you'd just have to have like slightly older kids, so then they. Well, age Jacob Tremblay would seasons. be like thirteen by the time they filmed this. Thirteen or yeah, fourteen. True. True. So then we need a Wolfgang. Um, I would I would say uh, Roman Griffin. Davis, the kid from Jojo Rabbit. Okay, yeah, no, that's a very good call. And then for Darren, I will do a, a gender flip and make it a girl, and both boys have a crush on her. Ooh, that could be a, a good dynamic. The, the bad girl. I'm gonna go with McKenna Grace, young Carol Danvers from Captain Marvel. She was supposed okay. to. She's in the new Ghostbusters movie. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. No, I know who you mean. Yeah, it's a pretty good call. Um, is she was she in a silent place too? Um, a quiet place. You mean? Oh yeah, a quiet. A no, place, a quiet that girl place. is actually deaf. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, good on them for actually casting a deaf person. <clears throat> that John Krasinski. What a sweet yeah. poo. With but, all of his good news. But who would play the aliens? I would like for the aliens to all be played by Doug Jones. <laughs> but who would voice them is the question. I mean, like Doug Jones. Oh, Mar- would- like Maurice LaMarche. Um, <laughs> Tara Strong. Tom Kenny. Yeah, like <laughs> just throw some names out there. One of them will bite. I mean, if it's David Lowry who's doing this, you know that unfortunately he's going to cast Casey Affleck because he works with Casey Affleck all the time. Like, So I could see Casey Affleck being um dick miller make him younger in this and have uh, him have I having dreams about it <laughs> um i'm a monster 
Now, do you think they would honor the original promise and allow Werner Herzog to play Mr. Miller? Mr. Mueller? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, kids. Your mother, she made baklava. <laughs> I love how they're like, we're not German, we're Greek. <laughs> yeah, just subtly trying to convince everyone, even though everything is German in their house, including the fucking mouse name. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I feel like they would get someone like Tom Tom Lennon. Uh, that would be great, though. I would I would be totally into that. <laughs> Tom Lennon <laughs> doing his voice from Balls of Fury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of any. Are there actually any? Big time German actors at this point that are doing anything in the states. Oh uh, well, Till Schweiger from uh, Hugo Stiglitz from Inglorious Bastards. He's, oh, okay, he's, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, German. At first, actor. I thought you meant the guy Till from uh, from Rammstein, and I was like, I, I don't think he acts. <laughs> <laughs> no, Till Schweiger. No, uh, just get Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, I mean My, that would probably work. Michael Fassbender as Mr. Mueller. That would be pretty fun. Oh, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Hello, boys. So good to see you. You won't he get Hitler, be... you won't get Goebbels, you won't get Karen, you won't get Borman, and you need a four to win the war. All right, and Kristen Wiig as Mrs. Muir. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I would go with, um, have you seen the new season of SNL? No. Chloe Feynman. Like, she is funny as hell she did she did uh um what's her name from tiger king carol baskin oh yeah 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 yeah. no i, I know who she is she's, she's she's a little young though i think that then, would be the only issue i would have well then you have to get the new character actor mom to be all character actor moms judy greer oh god judy greer would be so fun in this i <laughs> Judy Greer needs to be in more things in general, and I know she's in a bunch of shit, but she just, she deserves more than her career has given her. I've always loved Judy Greer. I'm so happy that she's in the the new Halloween trilogy. <laughs> what planet are you from, star? Judy Greer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then who who would be Ben's mom? Ben's mom, I think we would need... Like, we need someone more motherly for him because his mother is more stereotypical, I think, in, at least in terms of 80s casting. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner wouldn't be bad. I oh, think Carrie she's, Russell. Carrie Russell might, isn't bad either. I think the problem with them is that they're both too... Both of them were very conventionally attractive, uh, or are. Um, not they were or anything like that, but they, they were formerly known for being like basically like it girls almost at one point in time. And I think that that doesn't really work with that character. You need someone who's like a little bit, a little bit more plain Jane again, not to like insult anyone or anything like that. Amy Ryan. Maybe Holly flax from the office. Yeah. Amy Ryan actually is pretty good. She's a pretty good call for that. The mom from goosebumps. That's who she was. <laughs> was she? Yeah. She was the mom in goosebumps. I saw Goosebumps, I liked Goosebumps, and I remember nothing about Goosebumps. <laughs> I just kept making the joke that, because uh, the, the kid who was playing the main guy was like in his 20s, and the actress who was playing the girl was literally age-appropriate, 15. And I was like, yeah, she's 15, and he's 37. <laughs> 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 and I just kept making the age older, like I would start out, yeah, 
she's 15 and he's 18. She's 15 and he's 27. But yeah, I, I think Amy Ryan would be good as Ben's mom. And then they could flesh it out. And like, he wants to be an astronaut. The dad was an astronaut, but blew oh, up. You know, you know who looks like a mom? Lily Taylor. She's too old. She's the same age as, uh, as uh, what's her name? Amy Ryan, is she? Amy Ryan, yeah. Well, she was just in the new Perry Mason as Tatiana Maslany's mom. And... Oh, uh. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, how about Rossman Pike? Oh, she'd be good. Yeah, yeah, I like her. Everyone loves Rossman Pike. She's a es- gone girl. Especially Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like to to remake this, it's so weird though. Like, I'm I'm guessing they're trying to. Who's doing this? It's not Netflix. I'm guessing it's Amazon Prime. All I know is that. Those two fellas are in talks. When's that uh, article Paramount. dated? It's uh, November of 2018. Oh, so like Paramount is now. No, that's Netflix because pa- Paramount now is owned by Netflix. So that Jesus. would be Netflix. Yeah, well, because Paramount was the studio that released it, of course. So right, it makes sense that they would be the rights holders. Yeah, because Paramount was bought out by Netflix. That's why Lovebirds went direct to Netflix. So now this is basically going to compete with the other show that would be exactly like the Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, that's interesting. Also, I was thinking about this because earlier in the month we talked about um, uh, Punky Brewster in the Challenger episode. This movie came out a year before the Challenger happened. Like, interesting. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Especially um, given the subject of this movie. And there is literally a scene in the movie where they're like breaking the sound barrier and about to leave our atmosphere and then they drop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. So if, if this got delayed, at all like this this movie never would have been made or released yeah or released like space camp they had to push space camp because the challenger happened yeah so like it's so timely this movie I, i think this is one of the movies that they wouldn't release on like or wouldn't rent out from like blockbusters and like video store houses because of the Challenger, they like pulled a bunch of movies. Space yeah, Camp it, was one. It probably of them. did affect it. So yeah, like as we get to the end of the movie, what what are some takeaways? <laughs> uh, I think the biggest takeaway I have is that the filmmakers have no idea how computers are powered, and they frankly have no idea how drive-in theaters work. Oh, that that was another thing that I totally forgot. They stole from Tron. Like that circuit board scream Tron. Yeah, it it was very Tron-y I w- uh, in I w- terms of the CG. I would have loved to just see like Tron like duking it out on the sky on the light cycles underneath them. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that I, I hope someone has put out there on the internet. Because it's it's pretty low effort for, you know, a, a decent chuckle. <laughs> and lawnmower man. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, th- those are my big takeaways. Um, it was a fun movie. I I really enjoyed it. I wish I had seen it sooner. Uh, frankly, like this is this is something I think I would have really liked as a kid, 
and it's it's not without its faults. You can definitely tell in some parts where uh, it was it was certainly rushed along, but at the same time, it, it didn't affect how fun the movie was. So I, I enjoyed it. So now I've had you do two movies where we both liked it. Yeah, yeah, we got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna do Moulin Rouge again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never gonna watch that piece of shit again. <laughs> but yeah, so how many bagels? I am going to give this a nice hearty eight because, again, it's not without its problems, but it's also fun. It's it's I would say this is better than average uh, in terms of this kind of movie. And it's it's something I could see myself watching again at some point. I'm going with 10 for a film that was not completed. It sure looks polished. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, it had the odds stacked against it and it still came out on top, I would say. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, when is this being released? September. 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 Always remember the 7th of September. Yeah, this is coming out at the end of the month. <laughs> oh, I see. I was just, once again, talking out of my ass anyway. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually got a record coming out in November, but it does not have a title and the band does not have a title. So I feel like it would be pretty fruitless to, to promote that at this point. So yeah, I'll just say, check out my other shows. Um, old men yell at cloud and uh, Nickelbacken, as well as one that Scott and I did together called where in the world is Stephen Quincy Urkel in which we did a deep dive on every show in which Stephen Quincy Urkel made an appearance. And we might be going back to that. Well, Oh, God, yeah, yeah. We've talked about uh, exploring the near-infinite Tommy Westfall universe, which is uh, something we should probably talk about again at some point. It's been yeah, a Yeah, but bit. not just that, that they're bringing back Family Matters. What? Yep. Everyone uh, wants to do it. Even Harry? Joe Mar- yeah, even Joe Marie Payne. She needs money. Uh, uh, my God. <sighs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we are the record, so we have to come back and do at least another episode if that happens. But Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, I am, I, I just, I don't want to see Julio White doing. It. I don't want to see him do the thing. I, it's gonna be sad, and I don't want to see him do it. What, what if like the series just opens up with him as Urkel and then he realizes he's lost everything and then it just ends with him dying and then the series continues like Roseanne (laughs) oh my god yeah no I don't I don't want I don't want this (laughs) so um I have another podcast called hell is a musical which Chris is gonna be on in a few months (laughs) you know that you knew that Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm just play- I love I'm- how you're pretending that you're surprised. Wait, what? Well, I'm just playing along for the for the people at home. <laughs> no, he already knew. Don't listen to him; he's a liar. <laughs> but I yeah, tell only truths. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Please listen to Hell Is a Musical. Where in the world is Stephen Quincy Urkel? And this. And uh, why don't you rate us and give us five stars? And if you don't like us, give us five stars anyways. 
please. Or give like a really scathing review that's kind of like personal, but something that, you know, Has Scott could look to at. Has nothing to do with the, the podcast. Yeah, something that Scott could look at and laugh at. <laughs> I came home. My wife had left me. The kids were gone, even though they were in their 20s. And then I put on this podcast and I stuck my head in the oven. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, and you can find email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. And um, yeah, Chris, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me do this movie. This was uh, this was a delight. I was uh, I was happy yeah. to watch this. Still one of my favorites. So until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye. <laughs>